Let's go to Matthew chapter 25. Verses, verses I cannot speak today. It's because I only had one cup of Starbucks. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, brothers and sisters. There we go. This is Jesus talking. This is the red print, if you have a red letter edition. He's talking to the apostles here. He's teaching them things they don't always understand, but later it shall be revealed to them because he's good like that. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one who, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them, to settle accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags, and go see, I have gained five more. I have doubled your investment. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge with many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came, and he said, Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold, and see, I have gained two more. I've doubled my investment. We're still at, you know, a double, fully double return here. Then the man who had received, excuse me, his master, verse 23, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share of your master's happiness. You see a theme here? Verse 24, the man who had received one bag of gold came up and he said, master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you, this hole. His master replied, this is not me, this is the Bible. You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? How'd you know that? is what he's saying. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the banks paying the high rates. He didn't say that. So that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. He did say that in his own NIV way. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Ouch. For whoever has, whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them and throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a figure of speech in the Bible I've never really cared for. It sounds a little dark, but that's what Jesus said. I want to give you my title. It's called Blessing the Blessing. Blessing the Blessing. I'm going to get you today. I'm going to get you on this one. This is fresh. You haven't heard this one before, okay? I've heard them all. 
and I hope you haven't heard this one. I'm going to say you haven't. Because God gave this to me in a fresh way that just called me out. And if he called me out, I think he can call someone else out in this room. See, we think being frugal is conserving. And there's a truth to that. But who did God punish here? He punished the man who did not do anything with the value. He, didn't pun- he, he punished the man who saved it, held it, stuck it in the ground like a good bank account, like a good savings account. Just save it. Don't do nothing with it. You don't know when you're going to need it. There could be, you could be the rapture tomorrow. You could be a famine. Like I've been hearing that my whole life. Don't do nothing. Just wait, 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 wait. But God says here, that's not what I asked you to do. And by you doing nothing with it, I see that you don't understand what you are meant to do with what I give you. And when I give you something, it's valuable. And if you don't do anything with it, you're telling me it is not valuable to you. You tracking with me? This is what Jesus said. And I've read this parable many times. And what I usually draw from it is that if we're trusted in private, God will reward us openly. But there's more to this that I've never seen until recently. And that is God is saying, if I bless you, you're to bless that blessing back. You're to bless that blessing back. You remember when God gave the Israelites land over manna? God didn't say, I'm going to harvest that field for you. He says, when I give you the field that can produce, you're going to harvest it and bless that thing to produce, to multiply. What did he say about the gold? What did they do? They doubled it. It's the same principle. It's the same principle. God is constantly reiterating the principle of who he is and who we are supposed to be as authorities for him all the way back from the garden. All that to say, blessing the blessing. Blessing the blessing. How many check their receipts when they go to the grocery store? How many do the self-checkout? How many do the self-checkout and only if it's like a really big basket of stuff do you really care? Otherwise, you're like, I don't remember. I don't even want the receipt. You know, it's cool now not to even get receipts. You know, now it's like you got to ask for a receipt or they think you just don't want one. Nobody raise their hand. Does, does anybody just like go to the quick checkout and they know it's like, you know, 50 bucks and then it's like, okay, whatever. Maybe it's around 50. I don't know. Maybe it's 35. I don't know. And you don't even know because you never looked at it. <laughs> Guilty. The only time I've worked on this, guys, the only time I've really paid attention is when we go to the lake and all the kids are with us and my wife's with us and they're hungry. So when I see the baskets at a certain depth, I'm always like, I'm, then I'm, I'm guessing the total and I'm watching the register very intently as my fight or flight starts to go up as if I'm going to reject the basket if it hits a certain number. That's how it feels at least. And I'm always like, 225. 230, 235, okay, in that instance, I'm watching because that, that, that means something to me, y'all getting this now, but when I go with just a couple kids, because we got five, and it's just a quickie thing, and it's, it's Ozark land, and I didn't realize how expensive their stuff was, that they mark it all up like quadruple, and he just wants to get a piece of candy, and all of a sudden, I walk out there, it's like 50 bucks, I never know, because I never looked at the receipt, anybody, I'm not saying I'm a frivolous pastor, I'm giving you context here, this is back in my flesh when I used to sin a lot, that's a joke, people, we need that drummer. Okay. Y'all awake in here? Okay, everybody's awake. Good. They're like, it's just not funny. 
It's just not funny. That's all right. It's not funny all the time. What I developed in myself, and I hope this speaks to you, is there's a certain window of devaluing blessing that I've done in my life. You know why? Because I got used to it. Yeah, that's how we roll. Yeah, that's normal to me. You, you can witness to that. Whatever it is you got used to, lost value to you because you got used to it. Remember that nice new car? Yeah, I saw y'all got a nice new Yukon. That was a beauty. Isn't it nice, that smell when you first get it? You think about the car when you get in it. What happens after two years? Do you think about it anymore? You're like thinking about gas prices. It's not that you don't appreciate. It's that you get numb to the value because you're used to it, and it becomes normal. It's not this elevated thing. It's like the, the smitten love. When you get smitten in love, and then all of a sudden, you'd be married for 15 years, and I still get smitten, don't, don't get me wrong. But it becomes normal. Yeah, we're married, we have five kids, yeah. It's normal, it's normal. Versus before, when the, when the first baby was coming, it was this big thing, wow, I can't imagine. It, it, it doesn't change my love for my child, but it, it, it is easy to get um, unconscious of it in your, in your conscious day-to-day. You start um, squandering like opportunities to bless because you don't think it's enough. You don't think it's enough. Can I tell you a funny story? How many ever hung a, a TV on the wall and you buy the rack and it comes with every different type of bolt known to man and you need three of them, Mike, to hang it and the other 87 are for the other type of TVs you've never seen in this country? Well, we're going to hang this old TV in my mom's basement and I always pitch them things. My mom's sitting there grabbing them all up, saving them and throwing them in her, her tool, her tool chest. I said, what are you doing? She's like, you're going to throw these out? Like, yeah, they come with every, every stand on Amazon. It's a common fact. You don't keep those. You don't keep those, Mom. I'm like, Mom, do you got a drill bit I can use? Do you got a, you see where I'm going here? Here I am throwing it out, and I'm asking her for tools. <laughs> Good thing she lives next door. But we can get numb to that routine because we're used to it. And there's different levels of this. And every level has the same problem. It's just different stuff, different seasons but it's the same devaluation process we go through. The way I'm tying this to blessing is because when I think of blessing, I don't think of what I'm preaching on today. That's why this is good. It's easy to ask God for blessing, but is it easy to bless others? We are taught in society to gather is to gain like the man sticking the bag in the ground, but is gaining really based on what we hold on to? When we think of blessing, we think of giving us, God giving us something or us giving someone else something. But what if God wants us to bless what he's blessed us with? Whenever I think of blessing, I say, God, bless my family. Keep us in favor. Keep us protected. Or we're going to bless them today with, you know, a meal, church, a meal on wheels. We're going to bless somebody else. But what about the prayer God answered? And he says, now you are to bless that. I don't know about y'all, but I don't really think like that. But I don't know about you, but the Bible right here says God put it in their lap to bless it, and he did not do that. And we saw what Jesus did. The ones who said, I'm going to do something with what God gave me, some people call it oil. Oil is precious. Oil is valuable. If you don't do something with it, you're wasting what God put in you. We call it provision. So it's the same thing with the bags here. 
God has given every one of you an opportunity to multiply your bags at one seed. But everybody just keeps holding their bag. Stick it in a hole. You can't be seen if you're in a hole. We're to be a light. We're to shine a light. And when we do it together, we rapidly multiply the investment God has put in us. You getting this? When we stick our bag in a hole because we fear we're going to run out, guess what we'll do? We'll lose it. And the Bible says so. To hold, to keep, is to lose. What did he do? He took it from the man. You can't save up, save up enough in God's house to be, to be omitted from a giving Christian. You are to bless and to be a blessing. And everything God blesses you with, you bless it on top of that. You get into that field and you harvest it because God gave you the field. So what came to me is how I've abused blessing in the word, the actual definition of the word. I've abused it and not thought about how am I to leverage what God has put in me to help others beyond Sunday, you know, like, like the everyday thing. Just because you're used to it doesn't mean it could just change someone's life next door. It's powerful. It's powerful. And it doesn't have to be some extravagant, huge thing. It's the little things. That's why we call it one seed. We're planting seed because God gave us a word. That's a blessing. And to bless that seed, to water that seed, one waters, one plants, God gives the increase. He says, if you want to multiply that thing, you've got to till the field, water that thing, reap the harvest and recultivate. So I said, that's what the church should be. That's what we're going to call it. That's why we call it one seed. So really, in the back of my, my heart and my brain, I think I knew this years ago, but I never saw it with this cultural definition of blessing that I've gotten used to. I think of it more in a selfish way. To, to be blessed is a selfish thing, but it's not because it was never meant to keep. And so you got to ask yourself, where did the blessing come from? Glory to God, he just blessed my pocketbook, but I ain't giving nothing to no one because I'm going to hold that thing because I don't have enough. God says, that's right. That's how you lose it all. Glory to God. If you're giving God glory and he gave it to you, then you're supposed to do something with it. That's everything. That's your talents, your gifts, your finances, your, your relationships, your, your, your supply, whatever it is. Your, your storehouse is to be in God's storehouse, like on and on. Can I keep going? That's good. Thank you. <laughs> I haven't got to my first point yet. I'm turning into like a real preacher here. The Bible says if God sent it, it's his. And we are just stewards. That's like driving the ship a blessing for others. It's his. How am I holding something that's not mine to begin with? That's the deception the devil puts in our mind. We did this thing. No, you didn't. God enabled you. He used you. Yes, you were part of the process, but God enabled it. Therefore, it is his, and it will always belong to him. But if we become good stewards of his blessing and utilize it upon the purpose which was intended, intended, which is to bless others, we become more blessed. Oh, this is going to get better. You want to find freedom from the trap of this world and be free from the handcuffs of society, bless others. I dare you. This is not a, this is not a, 
uh, Instagram special, Get Rich Overnight. This is saying when you dedicate your life to giving and blessing others, God is going to change your future into real freedom. I'm not talking about just heavenly freedom. I know we want to go to heaven. I'm talking about earthly, practical freedom. You get to live a life that's actually the joy of the Lord. It's bigger than that. We don't, we don't link God to the practical. It's one or the other. It's got to be all spiritual or nothing. It's both. It's both. The problem is blessing. The problem in blessing is that we can get used to it, quit devaluing it, and no longer recognize the miraculous hand of God at work in our life because we are so blessed. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you are so blessed. Come on, somebody. You are so blessed. Camilla? Camilla didn't do it. She's 10 months almost. She can't speak English yet. All right. Are you asleep on God's goodness in your life today? Did we forget to recognize the value of all God has put on your plate this morning? What are you going to do today with what God has given you? Are you willing to bless to stay blessed? We're going to talk about being frugal with the blessing. Frugal don't mean holding it. Frugal means using it wisely, but use it. Because when you are frugal with how you use it, you multiply it. When you are conservative to the point you don't do nothing with it, you waste it and God takes it from you. That's good. That's good. I need to watch that. Every time I go to watch myself, all I see is his back. It's weird. It freaks me out. I've been doing that for four years. So what happens? Why does that happen? We become numb, right? The need for the thing, we become numb to it because we've got the thing for so long. Our needs become numb. It's like the receipt scenario. It's easy to waste something that has no value to you. Your actions speak out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then faith without works, the Bible says it's dead. That was Jesus's half brother. He's saying, if it's important to you, it will show in your actions. When it's important to you, you get up and drive a long way. When it's important to you, you call that person on the phone that you haven't talked to and quit waiting on them. When it's important to you, you say enough is enough. Now I've got to do something for God and I'll be blessed. We've quit paying attention to the receipts of God's grace. Oh, that's a good one-liner. Yeah. We've quit paying attention to the receipts of God's grace. His grace is just always there. His grace is sufficient. Therefore, the doorway is sitting there, and I'm staring at it on and off my whole life, but I never walk through it. God says, you know what this thing cost? It cost a life to die on a cross. That's what it cost. You should look at this receipt, says the Lord, because you don't have a credit card big enough. Even the one I put in your pocketbook can't pay for this. But I got grace. I don't need to look at that thing anymore. Devil, use a liar. You need to look at God's receipt. In every transaction, he holds in your day-to-day. What happens is the little things become insignificant to us. We'll nickel-dime the blessing. Doesn't that sound horrible? That's what we do. We just, just we treat God's house like it's a commodity. It's a sanctified temple of the living God. Well, that's what God's house is, but not all places are that. 
It, it can easily become a den of thieves if you make it that because what's in the house is what makes the house. And when the people come in with the wrong heart, it no longer is God's house. That's why Jesus turned over the tables in the temple because they were gambling instead of praising. You getting this? They quit paying attention. They had the law. Eh, we got the law. We know the whole five books of the law. All of them. We don't need any Jesus telling us what to do. We know the law. They lost everything in the spirit when Jesus came. I want to address another aspect of this blessing that maybe some of you have never felt yet, but I bet some of you have, and that's fearlessness. I know some of y'all are real blessed. I've been in seasons of my life where I'm so blessed, I'm not scared of nothing. Guess what I become? An idol. It's not, I'm not talking about being confident, but the day I stop remembering that everything could be taken, everything, and that only by God's mercy and grace can I, can I do that for my children, or can I live in this home, or can we go on that trip, or can we pay that car bill, or can we pay that thing off? That's the day the Bible calls mammon, serving mammon, itself. It thinks you're able to cure it with your ability, and that's when God says, give me that pouch. Mm-mm. So there is a state of fearlessness, and that's a dangerous place to be. You can get so confident for God that you quit listening to him. <laughs> People can say, don't do that. That's, that's not crazy faith. That's crazy faith. I actually had a pastor tell me that. I said, well, I think it's crazy faith. He said, no, that's crazy faith. Like, it depends on the facial expression you make, if it's good or bad faith. You have to be radical with your faith, but you should never be fearless without God. You've got to always remember that if it is not God's will, you can't win the battle. You can't win the battle. So what happens is as you get more blessed in your life, you become more fearless in your walk. And I'm not talking about with the devil. I'm talking about the world. Nothing can touch you. You can get to a point of invincibility, and that's a dangerous place to live. Because God, Paul said it best. He said, my strength is in Christ, and in order to be strong, I must stay weak in my flesh. That doesn't mean we have to live miserable. That means we also always have to have a conscious recognize that God is our strength in everything we do. That keeps you humble, that keeps you hungry, that keeps you motivated, and that keeps you blessed. When you lose all those things, you start burying the stuff in the sand. You become a collector. I'm just telling y'all, you may not have felt that, but you will. And the more blessing you get, the more the devil will try to tell you you're good, and the more distant you can, you can drift from Jesus and not even know it. That's why we have to continue to bless and be aware of the blessings that God put in our life. Because the minute we forget what he's done for us is the minute we become self-serving. And that's not, that's not Bible. How many remember the 2008 housing bubble burst? We're kind of like almost repeating it. We just keep pumping the inflation until nobody can buy, and then bam, prices will go down. That's the theory, you know? So, so what happened is, back in 08, is, is the banks just kept, everybody was fearless. I'll just put a little money here, a little money there. Investors were buying up homes like dominoes with no money in them, zero down. 
You rack up 10 homes, no money in them. You ever play Jenga? It's like Jenga. It looks really good, but when you're on that like last thing, well, the housing bubble was kind of like that. You had all these investors playing Jenga with the bank's monies and nothing in them, and as soon as they lost one, they couldn't hold the rest. There go the dominoes. That's the kind of fearlessness I'm talking about. Because they get to a point, this is what will happen to your mind. You'll get to a point where you think you know. You think you can prevent. But there are some things we cannot control. We are really not in control of this life. God forbid we could walk out in the traffic and something bad happened. We are not in control. So we have to have a focus, laser focus um, aim on Jesus in everything we do, anywhere, anytime. Take the church word out of it. This is about staying in the will of God. Bless the blessing. Bless the blessing. Will, are you willing to bless to stay blessed, being frugal with what God has provided? Well, it comes down to trust. Trust is a scary thing. The more you get blessed, the less you need to trust. The more you get blessed, the less you will trust the world because people come at you different. But what happens is, do you become numb in trusting God and knowing that God put it there and that if God put it there, he'll always keep it there for you. The moment we shift it to no longer trusting is, the, is that danger zone. Remember verse 14 he says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Jesus says, I am entrusting my wealth to you. We're not talking about just money here. We're talking about everything that holds value in the essence of who you were created to be. I have entrusted that to you, says the Lord, if you steward it. That's blessing it back. Stewarding it. Blessing it back. That's, that's not holding on to manna. That's the whole it's harvesting the grounds and growing something. That's stewarding it. You see, I'm jumping back out of Scripture here to the manna. The Israelites held the manna and it rotted on them because they're trying to hold it. God said, don't hold what I gave you. And what did it do? It rot. It rot. Because he said, I got so much more in the land. You never even had a carrot yet. Moses, you never had a, had a, had a vegetable you know, like, y'all let go of this because what I have is so much bigger, he's saying. But we just get, we get so scared and so controlling and so dominant. We're going to do it our way. That's living like a, that's a slice of it. We're supposed to live fully in Christ, not with a slice of it in our day. He's not a, he's not a puppy purse. He's, he's everything in our life. I think I preached a message once about Jesus not being like the little puppy in our purse that we carry around. Like, he, he, he's our life. And we treat him like the, oh, you want, oh, hey, hey Jesus, yeah, we love you too. Thank you for your mercy. Okay. Ooh, I want that. You know what, you know what I mean? Like, it's really about us, and we're just, that kind of appeases our, our conscience, right? We keep him close enough, but we don't serve him. That's two different things. You can be next to the Messiah and not serve him. Just ask the criminals on the cross. Just ask those who, who crucified him. They didn't serve him, but they were close to him. And there's a difference. Being conservative is not holding what God gave you. It's using it wisely. Being frugal. How many know what being frugal is? It's being wise with how you use it. It's being resourceful with how you use it. 
It's saving those, those little Phillips screws that you might use in eight more years. It's holding on to them things for the next TV or this TV because we don't ever get another TV. We save it because the grandkids might want it. And that's what we did. We put it in the basement. That's being frugal. My mom is so frugal. Can I, just, can I just shout you out for a minute? She says no. So she's so frugal. I didn't hear you. So she's so frugal. And, and, and I, I've been the opposite. And she used to just crack the whip on me. You are just so spoiled. You are just so wasteful. When I was your age, we would, you know, take a pee and split it in fours, and that was dinner. Now y'all just get Grubhub like it's nothing. Am I the only one that knows what Grubhub is? But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's perspective, right? It's not that doing something different is bad. It's that staying conscious of, of the value in it. And then you go, why is my credit card bill so high? God, why did you do this to me? Well, you ate Grubhub, paid three times the price, 18 times this month. Oh, oh, the Lord has spoken. He said, I didn't even speak to you. That's just common sense, son. Sometimes the Lord just smack you around in a good way. <laughs> it's like a love pat. Like I, like I kicked my son back there. When he wasn't clapping with me, I kicked him in the behind, joking around. But he's my son. Because I, I love him, I'd give him a little... A little kick, y'all can, that's why we sit in the back, because I can kick my son, no one knows it, except the sound people. <laughs> y'all are like, this is weird. He's kicking people. Are you willing to bless, to stay blessed? And let's, let's tighten that up, not just to bless people, bless what God blessed you with. Let me, I, I shouldn't have worded it like that. Are you willing to bless what God blessed you with? That's what, I should, that's what I'm trying to say. Because here's the thing. Here's the kicker. Here's where the devil loses. Get ready to shout for this one. We don't shout. Well, today's your day to start. Get ready to get get excited for this one. When you do this, when you go all in for Jesus, you are bound to abundance. Come on, somebody. Are we reading reading Mary Poppins here or the Bible? Like, Like you are bound, like shackled to abundance. That tells me no matter how heavy it feels, Jesus has a key. And then I start worrying about, well, God gave me this and I just wasted. God says, you are bound to my fountain that never dries up. Quit being so selfish, Jeff. Quit being so so stingy with my blessing. You're hurting your walk with that. You think you're living your best life? You've never even tasted it yet because you keep holding on to that one bag. I want you to have 10 of those because when you have 10 of those, then 10 others can make 100 of those. And when you have 100 of those, 100 of those can make 1,000 of those. Are y'all getting the accountability part of this message today? What if we all brought someone to church? That sounds good, but what if we really did? We start, we start flushing out the once-a-monthers. We don't even know who's here anymore because everybody's full. Because we're always saying, come to church. You need Jesus. We need you in God's house. We need to show you the, the definition of Christ in your life. Like, what if we all did that? Well, well, get it out of the hole. Use that thing. That's why we preach it. Take it. Do something with it. Be a steward of the word. That's good because you're bound to abundance anyway. And so you're never going to run out. When you think you're going to lose all your, your blessing, God's got so much more, you can't even hold it. You can't even keep track of it. No matter how many spreadsheets you keep, you can't keep track of that many blessings. When it gets to that level, even spreadsheets can't save you. You got spreadsheets on spreadsheets of blessings. You're like, I don't even care anymore. Just get rid of it. 
can't even, I don't got room for this blessing. Just get rid of it. God will do that for you. I'm talking about real things in your life, provision, everything you need, your car, your finance, your food, your house, your spiritual walk, your fulfillment, your joy, your relationship, like everything God will abundantly supply when you give like that. I want to read you Ephesians real quick. Chapter 3, verse 20 through 21. This is Paul speaking. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever and ever. It doesn't end forever. Forever means forever. To him be the glory because he's able to do immeasurably more than we can think or imagine. But as long as we keep it in the hole, he can't do it. Come on, somebody. If you're, come on, come on, come on. Praise like, you, like you're awake today. Come on, clap a hand for God. Do something. Like burn a calorie. You didn't know you get a fitness workout by clapping at church. Yes, you can. We can bless others. We are blessing others in bigger ways than we can imagine because as long as we keep giving it away, God's multiplying more. How do you think we got here? Well, there wasn't that many people. I forget you. Can we say that? Can we say forget you? <laughs> if you don't get it, you will. God got us here. We've been through four places. We were supposed to fail 18 times. God got us here. God got us a construction loan. God got us a new building. God got us these things. And the building's going to be here and the people are going to come. When the people catch up to the building. The building don't fill itself. The people fill the building. The building is just a shelf for the people who is the church. So God has provided this amazing situation. And it's up to us to multiply it. To take that and multiply it. It's up to us. It's not up to me. It's up to us. And if us don't do it, I can't do it. And you're going to go, remember he said that for five years? He said, we, he can't do it alone. I can't do it alone. If we want it to really grow, we got to do it. Amen? This is not my job. This is our job as the body of Christ. We can do it because he is able to do immeasurably more when we bless what he's put at our feet. It's a conscious effort. We keep recognizing that, and we just do our part. It just don't have to be, be conquering Rome in a day. Just a little bit, just the two mites of blessing you can put at the feet, and someone else will change lives because one waters, one plants. God increases. I want to close with this story. If y'all could stand, but I want to tell them a story, and I don't mess the band up with my story here, but this just happened yesterday, and oh, man. God's timing is always so good. You know, you think about, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? And after a few times of doing this, I said, God always seems to provide the right message at the right time, and he gives you scenarios that can connect with people. And man, did he. You know, the best way to feel joy and revive that numbness is to bless somebody. It's to just give away something that has no value to you that may be so valuable to John Doe or to Susie Q. And yesterday, so we've been selling off a lot of our 
mobile church stuff. Mobile church is where you go and you set up and tear down every week. We had a trailer for four years. We had a lot of stuff that was meant to be fast and quick so we could move it. We had all kinds of bags. I mean, everything was toted, labeled. It was, it was militantly organized so that we could do it fast every week. And that's how we did it. And our team would pull that off because that's how we trained to do it. And so now, like, a lot of that stuff we can't use. And it's, it's kind of, like, weird for the common person to get, like, like a, like a, 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 a cajon, cajon, cajon. I always pronounce that wrong. You know, a cajon drum or whatever. Or there's, like, like, like there's all these things that we, we can't utilize anymore. And it, it, it has value, but we can't utilize it anymore. So that's when you want to bless somebody with it. So we try to sell it off, you know, and, and we try to use the good old Facebook marketplace because that's the, that's the best way to sell your stuff if you want to get nothing. And um, you know what I like to say to them? No, that's the price. You ever get that? You know, they throw you the number and you say, no, this is the price. They say, okay, thank you. I think, I think to be on the Facebook marketplace, you have to offer 50% or less of the asked value or you're considered insulting as the seller. If you don't accept that, I don't accept that. And trust me, I'm good stewards of everything we're selling. I'm really cheap. And so I, I like, I'll hold on to it for five years before we sell that thing for $5 less. So, so yesterday, we finally sold this old soundboard, okay, that I've been trying to sell for, well, since we quit rehearsals in the, in the insurance place. And um, I, took, I took a little bit off because it's been really hard to sell. The guy comes to my house. I know it's kind of weird people come to your house. I always call Nate and he's there with me. No, I'm just kidding. But he pulls up and it gets out and he's from Nigeria. And I dare not try to sound like his accent because it was so authentic and I will sound really stupid trying to sound like this man, but it was so pure. And when he started to speak, it was so pure, you know. He, he had been in America five years. Oh, this is good. This is good. And I'm like, so do you know about sound equipment? Do you know there's a powered amp? There's 6,000 watts. If you're using active speakers, you're going to blow the speakers. You know you need passive speakers, right? Like, he's like, no, what, what are you saying? I said, well, I can help you. What do you need it for? He goes, oh, I'm a pastor. I said, he says, I'm a Pentecostal pastor. And I said, uh, where's your church? He goes, we launch tomorrow. Now, I'm thinking my OCD kicked in. I said, you're buying your soundboard the day before you launch? Uh... We had ours like 12 months in advance because I'm way too, too worried about preparation. He's, he, he ain't got his speakers yet. He's like, I'm going to get my speakers after this. <laughs> and I'm like, dear God. No. He was so humble to get this soundboard that was kind of our just backup, just get her done rehearsal space soundboard, not what we would use for people. You know, like I kind of had that like, it's just, it's just a, you know, it's just... I kind of had that vibe with it because I'm used to it. You getting this? Okay. So in my garage, yes, and here at the church, and it used to be at an insurance building, and in the trailer, we used to have stuff all over for this church for sale. We have slowly sold it off, consolidated, and we're down to just a few straggling items in my garage and at an undisclosed location. In case you're watching online, you can't break in and take it. I won't say where the rest is. And I have some other remnants of stuff for sale right there. And one is these laptop stands that we don't use anymore, but we used to use them all the time. I've got several here, and I got one at home. He goes, what's that? What's that? I said, oh, that's a laptop stand. You can use it for your gear. I said, that one's really good because it's extra durable. I said, so when your worship band bumps it, it won't fall over. I said, I bought that on purpose. And I said, yeah, that one. I said, you want that? And he's like, yeah. I said, you know, that one costs this about new. You know, make me an offer. He's like, oh, I don't want to make you an offer. And I was like, um, you know, how about, you know, X, Y, Z? 
And he's just like, oh, okay, let me see if I have enough money in my car. And he goes over his car, and then God checked my spirit. I said, this is for the church. I said, hey, man, come here, come here, come here, brother. You just take it. I said, this is for the church. I said, I'm, I'm not thinking. I said, I know exactly how you feel. I said, I know everything you feel right now. And I thought it was so cool that God showed us that even when we're starting something, there's someone coming after us that now I'm like, I said, brother, let me pour into you. Anything you need, anything you have a problem with, here's my number, text me. I said, I can get the sound system hooked up for you with my eyes closed. Like you, you tell me what you need, anything you need. I got all these gadgets. When you get into like, you know, streaming and, and, and web, web streaming and, and uh, background tracks and all that, you just let me know. We got every type of adapter on the planet earth. <laughs> and he don't even know what I'm talking about. It's like over his head, you know. He was teared up that we gave him the laptop stand. And it was the best moment of my weekend. And then he comes up and he says, can I, can I pray? So we prayed together in my driveway. You didn't know Facebook Marketplace could do that. You didn't know Facebook Marketplace sent a man with cancer back here and we prayed in the back, the back parking lot over him when he bought a keyboard case. You didn't know that. You didn't know that God sends people that have needs and you think, you think you're just numb to it. Like, no, this is a transaction. Give me my money, it's for the church. You know, this is for the church. Give me my money. That's great, right? Like, you can totally go numb to it. And before I knew it, I was out there praying for a man with cancer who opened up to me as he's taking the, the keyboard case we don't use anymore into his, into his beat-up car that could barely run. And I'm thinking, man, I just want to give him the keyboard case. But even more, I want his cancer cured. I'm like, that hurts to see. And then here's a man starting church today. Victor, I hope it went well. Holler if you need something. One seat's here for you. And how cool is it that now once he can provide something for another church? Because we were that church. We were that church when nobody wanted nothing from us because we needed everything. Now we have something to give. And so we have to keep giving and we will do more of that. But I just wanted to, to bless you with that because that situation is everywhere you go if you look for it. You can ask my dad. He is a master at finding people in need. I'm like, Dad, why are you preaching the Bible at QT? Like, sometimes can't we just get a Slurpee? You know, like, like that's, that, that's his, his gift. So what I'm saying to you is that need is everywhere. So that is blessing the blessing. You know God did this for you. And so now you look for the need, how you can, how you can bless somebody else with it. Isn't that good? Come on. Praise if you mean it. Come on, clap up in this house. Wake the bones up. It's not a library. Oh, it's so good. It's not a library. It's God's word and it's alive. If you want it to be alive, you got you to gotta, you gotta bring it to life. Like, like the people of Nazareth who said it's just a mustard seed. It can't move a mountain. And Jesus said if you just had a little bit of faith like that mustard seed, you'd see the mountain move. And you say, God's not in my life. Bless that seed and it will move a mountain. It takes many. It takes team. How many like Pastor Brandon last week? It takes a team. You're looking at the team. Go team, let's do it. God, we thank you now. We're humbled by your presence. We bring this word into the house to stir hearts that came in numb and now they're feeling tingly and they don't know what that is. That's the presence of the mighty God. That's your Holy Spirit working on them. And we know the truth and we know what it does when we plant that thing that you're gonna water it and stir it. And they didn't know it could be real like that, but we know you like that. We know it's real and we know you're real in everything we do. And what's important is that we recognize you're there with us. So God, we 
ask now that we take account of the blessing. We quit burying your blessings in our sand and we give it away and do something with us because we got a waterfall coming. We don't know what to do with this thing except to give it away. So I'm going to do that in my personal life. I'm going to do that in my family life. I'm going to do that in my church life. I'm going to do that in my whole life. I'm going to do with everything i got. I'm going to bless what you have blessed. And we thank you for that favor, God. We thank you for that grace and that mercy that the supply never runs dry. We give glory today. We shout your name with praise because you are the ultimate Jehovah Jireh, my provider. We give glory now. And if the house of God could say, in Jesus' name, everybody say, amen.